Welcome to the Embodied Love Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Grant. In this show, we'll be exploring all things love, relationships, and the creative fulfillment of living a life on purpose. If you're someone who wants to leave this world a little better and really make the most out of your human experience, you're a creative, a lover, a human who is here to embody the full essence of love, this podcast is for you. Join me for conversations about the real stories, lessons, and mistakes that make up a life well-lived and a human well-loved. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the final installment in this three-part pod class, preparing you for the next Embodied Dating Workshop. So if you're just catching this one, guess what? There are two other episodes for you. And if you'd like to get in on the workshop, we are diving in May 13th. If you missed the workshop, if let's say you're listening later down the line and you're like, damn it, I really, that that's for me. Well, you can just ping me, reach out, reply to the podcast email or hit me up on Instagram and we will find you find a way for you to get the workshop into your system. Um, there will be a mastermind, a dating and embodied dating mastermind. And with that mastermind, there is a master class pass. So maybe we'll just also offer a masterclass pass for any of you who'd like to just drop in and do these classes throughout the year. And they'll be good for both the dating and the relating ones. Cause you know, if you're in a relationship, you'll probably want to come to the relating ones. Um, so, but yeah, just hit me up if you are listening to this after the 13th and the workshop is already done. And if you still want to get in on that, we will find a way. There's always way. It's always workable. But here we are. Let's dive in to the final piece that I wanted to cover. As we prepare to talk about, you know, where are all of the good ones? And more importantly, how do I find one? And how do I go about it so that I can keep that relationship and like nurture it into a relationship. You know, the thing about dating, and if you're dating for fun, this doesn't really apply for you, but if you're dating for partnership, the whole point is to find someone that you're in alignment with, right? And suss out the alignment of that connection. And if there is enough alignment for that connection, then we cross the bridge into the train of relationship, committed relationship. Now, there are some things you've got to pay attention to early, early on if you would like to make it to that finish line. And to be honest, like the start of the relationship is not the finish line. (laughs) It's just the beginning. It's the beginning of the ride. Um, This is like if you're at Disneyland Dating is like the process of being in line and you're waiting for the ride. And then you get into the relationship and that's like the ride. It takes you on this wild ride 
in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. And then one day, if you decide not to be in that relationship, that's when you get off the ride. And you're like, okay, no more ride for me. Uh, maybe I'd like to try that ride over there. Or maybe I'm just going to take a break from the theme park altogether for a little while. You know, so we often think that getting in the relationship is the end destination, but it's actually the beginning. And this is why I teach relational mastery, because it's not enough to just teach people how to suss out alignment. That's a really important thing to be able to suss out alignment so that you're choosing relationships that are reverent for you and aligned for you. But then there's a whole other world of skills that are required in order to not only design, construct, create, and maintain a really healthy relational structure. So that is, you know, the other portion of my body of work. So we have this body of work that's all about dating and how to, you know, do that well, meet people that are aligned, um, suss out the dating phase in a way that feels really aligned and true for you. And then there's a whole other body of work if you are in relationships and you would like to tune those up and make sure that they are healthy and thriving. And when it comes to the beginning stages of dating, getting to know someone, if you keep this one thing in mind, it will help you avoid a lot of tragic dumpster fire experiences that are so trendy (laughs) on TikTok and Twitter and Instagram. Like people love talking about their trashy dating experiences and how horrible everybody is, right? Um, And just what a mess it is out there. And I, I don't disagree that there are certain experiences that are not super great. However, I don't subscribe to this idea that everyone in the dating pool is trash. And if you'd like my insight on that a little bit more, like I talked about it in the previous two episodes as well. But like, if we have that mindset going in that everyone is trash, then that's what we're going to get. We're going to get more of that. And so we really want to start looking at, you know, a, a different, looking at it through a different lens. Okay. And one of the things that if you pay attention to this, this one thing, it will take you out of that domain of dumpster fire dating. And it will put you on the track, the trajectory for embodied healthy dating, which is the track for embodied healthy relating and partnership. So the thing is, if you have to force anything in the dating phase, it is a signal to pay attention because Anytime we are forcing, in any area of our life, by the way, um, it is a signal that we are misaligned. Something is not in flow. You only have to force it if it doesn't flow naturally. And a lot of dating and a lot of 
why people have such shitty relationships or shitty experiences, I should say, with dating is because they are forcing in that dating experience. Whether they are forcing themselves to start dating, this can happen, where you think like, oh, I should be doing this, so I'm going to force myself to do it, but the body's not fully on board yet, maybe the heart's not on board yet, um, but the mind is dominating, and it's like, yeah, we're doing this. And so you're forcing yourself to be there, and it's not true for you to be there. So a lot of the things that we would pick up on our radar, maybe we aren't paying attention to because a lot of our energy is going into maintaining that level of force. Um, it could be that we are really starving for love. So we're dating from a place of depletion. And when we date from depletion, like we will kind of take any scraps that we can get. You know, taking what you can get is not a good strategy when it comes to love and relationships. Because like I said before, the relationships that you choose, like it is one of the biggest and most significant decisions of your life is the person that you choose to be in relationship with. Because that person is going to influence you in a way that, you know, no one else really has the capacity to influence you in the same way as a romantic intimate partner. And if that person is not actually aligned for you and not aligned in your best and highest good, their influence is not going to be great. And that's how we get ourselves into these really messy situations in life, right? Like we're coming at it from not from a place of feeling full or feeling whole, um, being really juiced up and really embodied and really vibrant. We're not coming at it from that place a lot of the time. We're coming from a deficit. We're coming from this place of thinking that there's something missing or there's something wrong with us. And dating from that place will have you choose someone who matches that level of your self-worth. And so we really want to keep a pulse on this because if you are dating from a place of depletion, whether it's energetic depletion, emotional depletion, um, maybe you feel like you are not good enough, maybe you are just so starved for love that you are willing to kind of bypass some red flags, bad behavior, things that don't actually feel good to you. But we force our way through and we like force ourselves to like stick with it. And, you know, if we have any conditioning in our experience of like, just stick it out, you know, nothing good is worth having unless you have to struggle and fight for it. There's a lot of that in the world. And, you know, like everything, there's a time and place for that particular golden nugget. Like, you know, when you want to challenge your muscles in the gym, like, and you want to grow a booty, you can't just never challenge 
your butt muscles and your hamstrings and your quads. Like we have to challenge the body in a way to properly grow those muscles. Just like relationally, you will have to challenge certain relational muscles and flex them and practice them over and over and over for them to get stronger. So there is a time and place for that particular ideology. It is not advisable to take on that perspective when your low stakes early days with a stranger. Because if you have to force it with a stranger, it doesn't naturally move. It's not smooth. It's not aligned. Like it feels like you're swimming upstream with this person. And again, use nuance in this, but if that is the consistent experience, so not just like a one offer period of time where things were a bit crunchy because they had a bad day or you had a bad day and it felt like you had to use a little more force or momentum to keep the connection moving. That's different than every single day with this person. It feels like you're swimming upstream. If you have to force it with someone new, my advice to you would be to leave it. Because if you are having to force that early on and do all of these mental and emotional gymnastics early on, that isn't going to change. Um, It's only going to get worse. Because keep in mind, the dating phase is their best foot forward. (laughs) The dating phase is their best of the best. Their best is they're bringing their best to the table, and if their best is trash, and we're dating from a place of internal deficit, so we're starved for love, and we just would we would rather be with someone than no one. It doesn't matter how shitty that someone is. Then we will push through that. We'll make excuses for their lack of interest, for their lack of responsivity, for their lack of um, initiative or moving the dynamic forward. Like if I meet someone and at first like there's a lot of like pizzazz and like flow and it's really smooth and like back and forth is equal effort and we're both putting effort and investment in, And then all of a sudden that drastically shifts gears. I do not go chasing after that person. I'm like, oh, what I'm seeing is what they presented me with in those first few weeks was not something that was actually integrated. It wasn't a level of connection that was sustainable for them. And that is really important information because if my self-worth was in the toilet, I would interpret that very differently. I, it would probably hit, you know, my self-worth. And if I had a anxious attachment system, it would probably get me all squirrely and riled up. But for me, my adaptation is more avoidant. So (laughs) That's not really my issue. 
<laughs> my issue is coming close. My issue is like, do we really want to commit here? Um, but, you know, we can see how a dynamic like that can easily trigger some behaviors in us that aren't exactly congruent with you being in your full-bodied expression, which if we want to get to you know, the starting point of the ride, which is committed relationship, you being in your embodied, fullest, truest self-expression is required. You know, otherwise you're going to get to the relationship and maybe get on the ride and then you start revealing more of the truth of who you are and they're like, what the fuck? This is not what I signed up for. Who is this person? Don't worry, I've done that one too. <laughs> I've done it myself and I've also been on the receiving end of it. Like I said in that previous episode, I'm a three, five manifesting generator. So like, I really like to go balls to the wall, like fuck around and find out. That is literally my motto in the world. Like I am going to test things out. I'm going to try them on. I'm going to explore them, see what works and see what doesn't. And I like to, for whatever reason in this lifetime, I like to kind of try on all sides here. So being the person who you know, is a little bit more ambiguous and kind of pulls away. And then the person that is like really intense and like coming forward and like forcing and pushing, like I've tried it all. I've, I've done it all. <laughs> and I will continue to explore the full range of what it means to be a human. I'm a full range human is what I am. And that comes with a plethora of mistakes uh, mishaps, uh, and also wins, like things that were really effective. And, you know, when I have to force someone to maintain connection with me, to me, that's just not worth it. I'm like, oh, you're showing me where you're at and you're showing me what's the level of integration that you're actually at. And I'm not going to make you wrong for that. I'm just going to clock that as not aligned. And I will withdraw my investment. I'm not going to keep chasing after someone who can't, you know, mutually meet me. This is what my program mutually met is all about, friends. <laughs> Being mutually met. You know, the investment is equal in the sense that both people are equally interested in investing into getting to know each other, getting to explore the connection. And what tends to happen, and I will say that there is a lot of responsibility that we need to take. And I don't even want to put this in terms of men and women because it's, it's actually just people. Like, you know, there's always going to be someone who arrives at the truth faster than the other person in terms of the alignment of the connection. So if one person gets to the truth that it's not aligned, it is the responsibility of that person to communicate with respect and reverence to the other person 
that they have gone as far as they can go. And then the other person is responsible for receiving that like a champ and not flipping their shit or getting manipulative and trying to force a connection or twist themselves into a pretzel and like, oh, but I can change this or I can change this. I can change this. I can change this. No, 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 no. In the dating phase, if you are having to constantly change who you are in order to get them to like you, they do not like you. They do not want to be with you. When someone is unresponsive to your text messages, to your invitations to connect, they're unresponsive. They do not like you. They are not interested in investing. It doesn't matter why. And it doesn't mean that you are unworthy. See, this is where we get really turned around, is that we think that someone not being interested in us says something about our innate worthiness, but it it really doesn't. It just means we're not aligned. And I would rather know that sooner than later. So like I said, there's responsibility. If we're going to be functional adults doing this whole dating and relating thing, we have to be responsible and, you know, genuinely care for each other. Like I can care for someone's heart and want to treat them with respect and dignity, even if I don't want to be in a relationship with them, you know, because being in a relationship and we covered this in the first embodied dating workshop and we will cover it deeper in the dating for partnership program when it comes to things like your non-negotiables and your deal breakers. Like you could meet the coolest person who's just a great human being, but your deal breakers don't line up. And that doesn't mean that they're a horrible person or that they're unworthy of love or that you're unworthy of love. It just means the fundamental things that are going to break the deal are present. And if one deal breaker is present, it's a non-starter, period. That's why it's there. And you know, this is why our embodiment is so important because if we're not embodied, we will convince ourselves that our, um, deal breakers, our, you know, must haves, our non-negotiables are, are, are not that important. It's like, Oh, I, I can change that. It's not a big deal. And then we're in the business of contorting ourselves for belonging. We're not actually in the zone of connection, you know, because when you're performing for belonging, you're not actually connectable. Like connection requires your openness and your openness requires you to know that you innately belong to yourself and you belong on this planet because you're here and you are willing to explore connections with people who are available for connecting and that it is a sign of great self-respect to leave the people who don't want to be caught, let them keep swimming in the pond. Like let's not make them wrong. 
Like, and this happens a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. You know, I'm going to use a very hetero example. <laughs> this is for my heteros out there. So let's say you are the lady and you are looking to date that cute guy you see at the coffee shop every day and you guys have great banter and you know you've got this nice buzzy like energy between the two of you and you like the same things and there's there's a lot of stuff that clicks right and then he says that he is not looking for a relationship, but you are. So what do you do in that moment? This is what will determine not only where your self-worth is actually at, but it will determine whether you are going down the dumpster fire path or if you're going down the aligned path. The dumpster fire path, you hear that as a challenge. You hear that as like, oh, well, maybe if we just have sex and maybe if I show him like all of these like wifey, girlfriendy things about me, that'll get him to change his mind. So that's one way we can go the dumpster fire route because that's a complete self-abandonment. The other way that we get into dumpster fire land on that side is if we throw an entitled shit fit. And we get really angry and really upset and really entitled. Like, what do you mean you don't want a fucking relationship? Like, you're out here, like, acting like you're all connectable and then you say you don't want a relationship? What do you mean? And let's say he gives more clarity of, like, I'm just at a stage of my life where I can't prioritize a relationship. And then, again, we continue the little girl temper tantrum, throwing a fit of, well, I am also a woman with a career and I can prioritize being in a relationship. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? And the thing is no one is entitled to do life the way that you do it. And just because you can handle being in a relationship and, you know, doing your career at the same time doesn't mean everybody is built the same way. And it doesn't mean that even if they could do that, they don't have to. <laughs> like I go through phases where if I'm in like a deep creative portal, like I am right now, uh, I'm not available for relationship, like serious relationship. It doesn't mean I'm always in that phase. It just means this stage of my life and there are certain things that I want to accomplish and I want to achieve and I want to experience before I get into my next relationship. And I'm just crystal fucking clear on that. <laughs> you know? And in that regard, like, and this just tends to be, I know it's a very gendered example, but it, it's very common for a reason that you know, men might be on that trajectory of like, no, I need to like build my life and get my career to a certain point before I'm ready to settle down. You hear men say this all the time and it's because it's what's true for them and there's nothing wrong with that. So you will find men in that stage of their life just dating casually. They're dating for fun. They are not dating for a relationship. And if you bypass that critical information, you will hurt your own feelings. 
you will set yourself on the track of the dumpster fire and light the match and then be mystified why you're burning, right? And what happens if we choose the embodied path? So the embodied path, you know, it takes guts. It takes courage. It takes bravery to walk that, that path. Because what it will require of you is when you come across someone, same situation, let's say, and you're like, yep, I'm in the spot of my life where I'm clear. I want to be in a partnership. Maybe I want to get married and I want to have kids in the next two years. And you've been seeing this guy and you have a lot of fun together and like the sex is really great and you see things in a very similar congruent way and he's like, ah, yeah, I'm not there. I'm not at that stage of my life. I'm not looking for a relationship. The embodied path, what that looks like is feeling your disappointment about it, feeling your feelings about it and saying, I get that. I really do. And I, I want you to have what's true for you to have. And I want me to have what's true for me to have. And now knowing this really important piece of high quality information, I'm a no to continuing this any further. <laughs> Punch to the gut. Right? It takes a lot of guts to be able to say no to someone who's very, very tempting. <laughs> and the thing you got to keep in mind is that the person who is your person is available for the things that you are available for too. So the person who's your person is available for partnership when you are available for partnership. The person who's your person who, let's say if you're in a casual phase like I am, um, is also in a casual phase themselves. And so you know, you can check in like every so often, flirty flirt, maybe, you know, have more of a lover situation, like, but like that's all the emotional and energetic availability that is there. And so you have to be wise in selecting people who are aligned. And the first clue that things are misaligned is you guessed it. If you got to force it, if you have to majorly abandon yourself and what's important to you and what you want in order to stay, you are in a misaligned connection. Again, misalignment doesn't mean bad. It just means it's not aligned. You, like It's like two puzzle pieces that don't fit together. We don't sit and curse the puzzle and be like, wow, these two puzzle pieces are complete shit because one was pulled from one puzzle, one was pulled from another puzzle, and those puzzles don't match. But what we do on the embodied path is we look, oh, this puzzle piece belongs in this box, and there are more puzzle pieces in that box that it connects with. And then this puzzle piece that is me belongs in this box over here, totally separate box. And look at all these other pieces that fit and connect with me and make this beautiful puzzle complete. You know, but if you keep 
it's, it's like these phrases exist for a reason. Square peg, round hole. <laughs> you know, like when you are forcing, you are in a square peg, round hole sort of deal. And in order for the square peg and the round hole to quote unquote work, you have to use a lot of force and there's usually a lot of destruction that happens because it's in the dumpster fire track, you know, and this is why I love, you know, supporting women primarily, like that's primarily who I work with in really dialing up that self-worth and that self-esteem and that trust in themselves and their ability to root in their embodiment and to fill up their cup. And there is a piece in terms of being able to say no to someone who is not quite it. Like if you have high quality community in your life, it will be much easier to do this. So if you don't have high quality community, I would highly suggest that you make that your priority first. Because when you have high quality community, you're no longer starving for love and connection because you have it. Like this is, I think one of the reasons why I have been able to navigate dating in a way where I, I don't get cranked around a lot. Like I don't have a lot of those same beliefs of like, Oh my God, the clock is ticking. Ah. Or like, Oh my gosh, like I need to be in a relationship all the time. Like I'm like, I'll be in a relationship when I am in one, when it's true for me to be in a relationship, I will be in one. And for the rest of the time, I'm going to live my life. I have an incredible inner circle of women. And we were, are definitely going to do a sisterhood series. So I'm going to teach you how to build high quality sisterhood because I think it's so vital as women to be able to have that source of nourishment and it takes the pressure off. Just like for men, you need brotherhood. And for all my non-binary peeps, like you need community. You need people who you can connect with and feel nourished inside of those connections with. And that is one of the most important things. If you want to set yourself on the embodied dating track and the track for partnership, that you come at it from a place of being well-nourished, well-resourced. You know, it, it's like when you're dealing with a challenging situation in your life, right? If you're well-resourced, so you had a good sleep, you're well-rested, you are well-hydrated, you have fed yourself really high-quality food, you moved your body, and then this conflict comes your way, like your creative faculties come on and your creative thinking comes on and you're like, okay, let's figure out a solution. No big deal. But if you are under-resourced, let's say you had a shit sleep and you have been drinking Red Bulls all day, you haven't eaten anything and you haven't moved your body at all. And so all of that energy is just pooling in your system. And then something challenging comes along 
you are not going to have the creative faculties or the capacity energetically to navigate that masterfully. You just won't. And then it often creates more drama and more problems that have to be cleaned up down the road. Right? So this is like the relational, um, being relational, relationally resourced before you start dating. Because if you are relationally resourced, then it's not so much of a blow to your system if it doesn't work out. Because you're like, I, I know I have this community of really good humans around me who are going to be there. Like, I, I know that I'm going to be able to get my emotional and relational needs met inside of my community. And for some of you, that might be your family. Maybe it's your circle of friends. Like maybe it's, you know, a particular community or group that you belong to that really nourishes your soul. You know, some folks that might be like the religious community that they belong to or a spiritual community. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter what it is, but we all need that. Like there isn't a human on this planet who doesn't actually need this. It's a vital nutrient. And when it comes to relationships, like we have vital relational nutrients that we all need. And having high quality humans around you in community is one of them. So that you can be bold, you can be brave, you can say no to the thing that is not quite it you know, and you can trust that, you know, there is someone who is aligned for what you want. And the irony is the more that you say no to people in situations that are misaligned for you, the easier it becomes to land the yes, because you are carving a pathway that is leading you closer to the thing that you want. Because every time you say no and you stop engaging with something that is truly not a yes for you, then your universal current, so we talked about the energetic algorithm, like in that moment you're teaching the energetic algorithm that that's you don't want that content. You want a different type of content. You want a different type of person. You want a different type of experience. Um, and we are going to keep saying no to this thing that we don't want. And this is why people can get so disillusioned with dating is because they keep saying yes to things that aren't actually congruent for them. They keep saying yes to the situations that they have to force in order to keep them moving. And that drains your vitality, that drains your life force energy, that drains your radiance, and that drains your belief in what's possible. Of course, if you are forcing relationships and forcing dating dynamics, you're going to feel this existential dread and you're going to think that everyone is shit and love is a dumpster fire and <laughs> all this stuff. Of course you are. And the better you get at setting those boundaries and, and really this comes down to embodying your standards, right? So again, you will get a lot of opportunity to practice that 
in the Dating for Partnership program that will be coming out later this month. And we will also be really honing in on this in the mastermind. And um, because it's such an important piece, such an important piece to be able to embody your standards and say yes to what is a yes and no to what is no and be so honest with yourself. And when we can start to track where we are forcing, and you might find that you have designed a life that is primarily built on force, in which case, you know, we don't bring a wrecking ball to your life and just like smash it to bits, but we do need to start unwinding that thread by thread so that you can make these pivots to be in deeper alignment with the truth of who you are and the truth of your soul and what you are here to do and what you're here to create and what you're here to experience. Because I promise you, you were not put on this planet to just experience contrast and turmoil. You, we, we do experience those things, but we are also here to experience what's on the flip side of that, which is expansion, possibility, creation, um, the, the magic of life. We are here to experience that, but it will require your effort in order to open up that particular channel of life. You know, this is the way that I have designed my life. My life is completely unconventional compared to most folks. And that was completely by my design. Like it never, and this, no shade to anyone who works nine to five, like this is, you know, not a judgment, but for me, there was always this thing inside of me that knew that I couldn't do it, that I was not made for that. I was not hardwired for it. And for a decade of my life, I worked in a restaurant and I freaking loved it. Sure. It was dramatic at times. Sure. Like the clothes that I had to wear to work, like I hated the smell of them, you know, <laughs> but like I genuinely loved the experience of being in a restaurant. And there's a part of me that has this desire to own a restaurant one day and like return to that world. Because to me, the restaurant was like this cute little family unit. It was dysfunctional, but it was still a family unit. And we all like really looked out for each other. So even back then, I still had this sense of community. And this sense of community is what helped me make relational choices. Now, did I make the best relational choices when I was in my 20s? Sometimes. And also sometimes no. <laughs> but I have a lot of really great stories. Really great stories. And I, I love looking back on that chapter of my life and being like, I, I so get why you did what you did. And there's no way you could have done anything differently. And like now I, looking back, I can see like the threads of where I'm at now at play there, you know, and for me having spent 10 years in a restaurant and then pivoting to building my own business and now opening into songwriting and music in addition to my business, um, like it makes total sense why I'm on that trajectory and why my relational world has been a little bit different 
because I'm here to carve a path and show people what is possible. Like you don't just have to take what you can get in life. You literally can put yourself in this position where you become the generator, you become the creator of your experience, both in your life and in your relationships. And if you want to be a creator in your relationships, you have to stop forcing them. You have to see force as a signal that we are misaligned. And then you have to, you know, apply some uh, nuance there and inquiry and get curious. Like what is out of alignment here? You know, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And just like chuck the relationship, be like, oh, I had, I forced it in this one moment, like, see ya. No, but we, we look at force as a signal that something is misaligned. And then it is my job as the inquisitive human to go and explore and find what is out of alignment and correct it. If it is in the realm for me to correct. So if it's something within me that's out of alignment and I'm forcing a a dating dynamic and maybe I'm forcing the pace um, because there's this feeling of chaos that I don't want to feel in my system. Well, I have control over that. So I can tend to that internal chaos and I can maybe do an embodiment session or have a good cry or, you know, back in the days when before my knee injury, go for a run. And these days I would, you know, maybe go to a hot yoga class, sit in a sauna, go for a bike ride. Like, like move that energy. I can be responsible for it so that I come back into alignment with myself. And once I'm in alignment, and here's another key for you, if you're in alignment and that doesn't bring the relationship back into alignment, you know that relationship is not in alignment. Or if the relationship itself becomes this kind of black hole energy that pulls you out of your alignment, you know it, it's not the relationship that's in your best and highest good. When that happens, you are most likely dealing with a wound mate. And like I said, you know, all relational experiences are valuable because they teach you really important things. As a three, five, I will just go on and on and on about this until the end of time. Like there's nothing wrong with making mistakes. Mistakes are where you learn who you are. You learn what's important to you. You learn what works, what doesn't. Like, it's important. You know, and woundmate relationships are important because they teach you the value of not only healing those wounds, but then also choosing people who aren't going to aggravate those parts and infect them even more. And in fact, when you choose someone who's aligned for you, they're going to walk the path with you. And it's not that they're going to heal those wounds, but the love that you generate together will. And the love that you generate together will literally call you into a more elevated version of yourself. And in that more elevated version of yourself, where you are deeply embodied in your human experience and we have deep reverence for our human, that's where we can kind of clean out those spaces, tend to those wounded spots, love them back into wholeness. And you're not going to get into a relationship like that if you keep avoiding the signals of misalignment at the beginning. Because 
any wound mate relationship, any relationship that is misaligned, there are always signs at the start that we have just ignored. Um, there are pieces that our intuition pinged about that we justified, we ignored, we made excuses for. And the, again, important relational experience and you don't need to keep repeating that. <laughs> so if you'd like to step onto the new trajectory of embodied dating, embodied relating, I would love to have you come join us at the workshop tomorrow. We are going to be talking about where are these high quality human beings? Where do they hang out? How do you meet them? Like, and if we've ever said some version of like, there are no good men, no good women, no good people in my city. That is just a big honking lie. It's not true. However, the high quality people aren't hanging out where we tend to look for them when we are in that space of desperation or we're, you know, relationally malnourished or emotionally malnourished, um, the places that we look when we're in that spot, they definitely are not there. So I'm going to tell you where they are and how you can curate your life in order to be able to see them on your radar and be comfortable enough to welcome them in to your life. So we're going to dive into all of that tomorrow in the workshop. And like I said, if you're listening to this after the workshop is done and you'd still like to check it out, you can just ping me and we'll find a way for you to access that, whether you just buy a spot or you do a masterclass pass or whatever it is that we end up doing, um, we will find a way. Because if you would like to get in on that information, I would like you to have it. Um, okay. So I'm going to end it there because that was a big, long rant. And I look forward to seeing all of you tomorrow who are joining. And, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do for the next round of podcasting, but I kind of like this burst sort of style where I did like three at once and then take a bit of a breather. So we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll definitely be having some more podcast episodes soon. And I hope wherever you are in space and time, you have a beautiful rest of your day, your evening, and really start to keep a pulse on that place within you where you try and force things. Get curious about it. Like what is going on with me that I feel like I need to force this connection? What is out of alignment for me? And what do I have control over in terms of coming back into alignment and what don't I have control over? So that's, that's all folks. That's all we're going to do today. And I hope you have a beautiful day, evening, morning, wherever you are. And I will talk to you soon. Bye friends.